Talent is overrated by Geoff Colvin. One sentence summary. Talent is overrated debunks both talent and experience as the determining factors and instead makes a case for deliberate practice, intrinsic motivation and starting early. My favorite quote from the author is, Landing on your butt 20,000 times is where great performance comes from. Geoff Colvin. Not many books calm you down while simultaneously making you anxious to get going at the same time. This one does. Geoff Colvin pops the it's all about talent bubble, but in the same breath lets you know that the best time to plant a tree would have been 20 years ago. His follow-up book, Humans Are Underrated, was the second book on 4-minute books, so I thought it was time to make it a set. Here are three lessons from Geoff's 2008 bestseller. 1. Practice and experience are two different things. 2. There are three huge advantages to starting deliberate practice as a kid. 3. You can let your inner drive develop by forcing yourself to practice. Ready to go from average to great? Then here we go. Talent is overrated, lesson 1. Practice and experience are not the same thing. This answers the question, what's the difference between practice and experience? A 1990 study in the UK among 257 musicians showed that none of the top performers were a. showing signs of great achievements before picking up serious practice with their instrument and b. improving faster when practicing than their peers. So not only did they have no inborn talent or capacity for greatness, they also needed just as much practice as their friends. But if they all built up the same amount of experience and no one was particularly talented, how come there were such big differences in how people performed? It's because practice and experience are two different things. You can make pizzas for 20 years and still make crappy pizzas. Please don't do that, I love pizza. We all know someone who's worked at the same company doing the same job for decades, which means they never improved to the point where they wanted to take on new things or receive the promotion. This happens when you stop improving because you're doing good enough of a job. Yes, doing the same thing over and over again will build experience, but it's still the same experience that you're building. What you need is new, additional, unfamiliar experience, and that only comes with practice, deliberate practice to be exact. Talent is overrated, Lesson 2. When you start practicing deliberately as a child, you will have three big advantages. This answers the question, when is the best time to start a deliberate practice? As science progresses, it takes longer and longer to master any given field, be it physics, biology or even business. That means even when you practice the right way by meticulously analyzing your mistakes and improving in the exact areas you need to be improving in, It'll take you longer to achieve greatness than previous generations. Nobel Prize winners, for example, are now 6 years older on average when they make their scientific breakthrough as they were 100 years ago. Sadly, there is no way to turn back time, so the only advantage you can get is to start incredibly early. Yes, for you and me that ship has sailed, but not for our kids. Whether you let them decide or pick for them, setting up a regular, deliberate practice for your children lets them reap three major advantages over the rest of the world. Advantage number one. Children don't have to deal with the responsibilities of adulthood, like work or family, so they can practice more. Advantage number two. They can rely on a support network, 
for example their family, that might not be there when they're grown up. Advantage number three, our brains get slower over time. But at a young age, children can still learn a lot very fast and make bigger leaps in progress. But how do you get your kid to keep practicing the piano? The answer will surprise you. Talent is overrated. Lesson 3. You can let your inner drive develop over time by forcing yourself to practice. This answers the question, how can I keep the motivation to keep pursuing my deliberate practice? Believe it or not, it might be as simple as forcing a deliberate practice on your children. Here's the thing. Being slightly better than your peers triggers something called the multiplier effect. Originally stemming from economics, for human performance it means that having a slight edge can lead to bigger motivation to practice, better coaching, more support and a whole bunch of other external factors that will come together to multiply that advantage. That initial bit of satisfaction, that smug smile you get for shooting a three-pointer, can be enough to trigger your inner drive. But in order to get there, you first have to practice. And no harm is done when that practice is forced upon you. Studies about top performers often find that piano lessons, tennis practice or soccer training was enforced by their parents when they were younger. But once they crossed a certain threshold, they made the drive to do great their own, embraced it and turned it into their passion. My personal takeaways from talent is overrated. I have two personal stories to share here and three other books I would like to recommend you to. <clears throat> the very first is that I played the piano from age... Whew, I think it was age 9, I want to say, to 12 or 13 years old. Um, I played the piano, yeah, for four years. I had a weekly practice. Sometimes I practiced, sometimes I didn't. But as you know, as often is the case with teenagers, or, or when we hit puberty, we don't want to do anything our parents tell us. Right? Uh, this sucks, I don't want to do this. So, like most people, I stopped practicing the piano. Now, 10, 13 years later, of course, what do I say? Oh, I wish I'd never stopped playing the piano. Um... The difference I see in the parents of, for example, my friends, some of them who have forced their kids through this sort of period where they didn't want to, which they all had a period they didn't want to. Now, uh, th those were the people that when we graduated from high school, they played this insane... One friend of mine, he played um, With or Without You by U2 on the piano. And it was insane. He was so good because he'd been practicing the piano for like 10 years. Uh, so... When your kids tell you that they don't want to go to soccer practice or guitar practice or whatever it is that they've been doing for a while, please do them and yourself probably a favor and don't let them quit in the, in the, in the heat of the moment when they're young and stubborn and don't know what they're doing. And please, please, please at least try to have them go through this tough period because I think both of you in the end will see it was the better decision. I think that's one of the main lessons this book tells us. The other story I have is about the the multiplier effect. I noticed this while playing video games. Uh, I would play video games on Xbox. I would love to rent video games over the weekend because we didn't have to pay for Sundays from getting it from the, the store. And beat them and then return them. And over those weekends, I would do everything to get squeeze every last point. There was gamer score on Xbox. Get every last point 
um, the maximum was 1,000 points per game. I tried to get the maximum because there was one guy I knew, there was one guy who was also playing games this way, and he was ahead of me. He was ahead of me and um, also playing games for the score and so on. So when I got a game, I always checked how many score, how many points does he have in that game, and then I always tried to beat him. And I remember that after I beat him a couple times, and in some games I had more points, more score than he had, that would be like, oh, go, oh God, get me the next one. I really have to keep going. I have to keep pushing forward with this, and so on and so forth. So definitely beating your peers, it can be really, really motivating to keep you pushing forward. All right, to the books. These lessons, when I wrote them, they reminded me of other books that talk about deliberate practice and so on. And three lessons, three books, it was a, it was a nice coincidence here. So the first lesson uh, was about practice and experience being different. And that reminded me of Mastery by Robert Greene. Because in Mastery, Robert Greene says that you ha eventually have to go even beyond what your teacher has shown you to do. So Mastery by Robert Greene, check that out uh, if you want to follow up on this one. The second book is So Good They Can't Ignore You because that's by Cal Newport and that explains how deliberate practice works. And it also says that it's more important to get going rather than um, trying, to, trying to figure out your passion or whatever. Cal says it's much more important to just start. And of course, starting as a child is as early as it gets. And the last book is called Bounce. It's by Matthew Syed. It's also about deliberate practice. Um, and in that book, there's another lesson about motivation and that it's actually not that hard to attain motivation and to keep it going. So check these out if you're interested in learning more about deliberate practice. It's a concept we're very big on on 4-Minute Books. We talk about, we, I talk a lot about this. Um, highly recommend it. It's um, the right way to get going. And if you have a kid, now you know what to do.